Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. It is trade season. Lots of trades over the last couple days. Lots to get to today. You know, um, one of my favorite bits to do at the beginning of the show is is mock the people who say there's lots to get to when there's sometimes not lots to get to because I, I don't try to lie. And, I, you know, you're hopefully there's always lots to get to in a good entertaining program regardless of whether the news is there right that's part of the job is for there to be lots to get to even if the news cycle is a little bit slower but lots to get to for real <laughs> for real today you know Aaron Rodgers and his whole thing I I, I kind of think people are probably sick of talking about Aaron Rodgers at this point um, the Simone Biles situation which is a crossover anytime a sports story and I know the Olympics is not like um for the the casual sports fan generally as much at least that's not the target audience but I found in my career anytime a sports story hits CNN then that is when you know like um people are gonna want to talk about it a ton and we will Madden released its top 10 quarterbacks this week as well not not very important news but, you know, people like to argue quarterback rankings. But like I mentioned just a second ago, trade season. I mean, Thursday through Friday, first, the, the big blockbuster in the NBA was Russell Westbrook heading to the, the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know if it counts as a big three. I, I think uh, you, you, you got to chalk it up as a big three, given Russell Westbrook is, is fresh off another triple-double, his fourth triple-double season, which is really wild. When you think about it, Oscar Robertson averaging a triple-double was the thing of legend when I was a kid, right? Like, it was like the, the stuff of myth, and Westbrook's done it numerous times. At the same time, you know, there there's legitimate critiques about his ability in, in big games or, or when it really matters because of some... Poor decision-making and, and poor shooting. Those two things in, in conjunction. 
Now, you wonder, with LeBron James, if some of that changes, the fit could be a little bit clunky if the Lakers don't get some more shooting. But people are also dismissing what Westbrook could help bring, you know, in the long haul. Because LeBron is going to be 37, I believe, this season. And Westbrook's somebody who can take some of that load off. You know, LeBron could play off the ball. Um, if LeBron or, or Anthony Davis needs to miss any amount of time, is another you know player that that means that it's not a colossal blow to the Lakers in the regular season the way it might typically be. I, I think it's very important now integral for Anthony Davis to play mostly center for that team. That's his natural position anyway, whether he likes it or not. And for LeBron to slide up to the power forward spot to create more spacing. Um, they're going to have to address the rest of that roster. we got to see how they, they fill out that roster because they're very thin right now. But it's a, an intriguing, at least, move, I think. And Russell Westbrook has a chance, you know, another chance to prove he's a winner, right? I mean, not that he's a, I wouldn't call him a loser. That's like, you know, going a, a bridge too far. But he is a guy who, you know, when – the the playoffs come around I, I typically expect to to be neutralized at times and who hasn't had too many deep playoff runs and he's played with great players I mean I don't know if anybody maybe it's it's Westbrook and Durant those are the two guys who have played with the most other great players when you think about it Russell Westbrook played with KD um with the Thunder and and James Harden at, at that point in time who was not I don't know if James Harden wasn't the player he became or we didn't know he was the player he became um, at that, that point in time with the, the Thunder. But nevertheless, um, it was mostly thought of as, as Westbrook and, and Durant. And then he goes and, and, and winds up playing um, through, throughout the rest of his career with James Harden in his absolute prime uh, on the, the Houston Rockets and with Paul George and with Bradley Beal. And now with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So uh, it's the, the kind of dynamic that just adds more star power to the, the Lakers, the marquee franchise. And if, if the Nets were to somehow play the Lakers in the finals, that would have to be the most star-powered NBA finals in history. But you know we have plenty of time to, to get into that movement. It's, it's ramifications, of course. And you know people feel a certain way about Russ. Obviously, people always feel a certain way about LeBron, and people feel a certain way uh, about the Lakers. But Major League Baseball borrowed a page from the NBA yesterday and through the trade deadline. You know, the kinds of, of moves that you, you typically think of when you're thinking of, you know, the, the NBA, that league. Because baseball doesn't, I mean, at least... I, I, I'm saying this anecdotally because I don't really have like a number in front of me to tell me, or you know, this was more trades than, than typically, but it, it certainly felt like that, right? And, and maybe it felt like that also because of the players who were moved in the team that they were moved from, or the teams they were moved from, you know, the Nationals and the Cubs in particular, w with teardowns. And, and the latter, there's some sort of... um lesson in that right what happened with the Cubs and and that is that for all the rooting that people do and the caring that they do about their teams and the investment that they put in their teams it doesn't ultimately matter <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't ultimately matter and I don't think that's um 
a bad thing. I, I'm not saying the Cubs did anything wrong by destroying and, and selling off for parts their World Series team. It's just hilarious if you were to be able to get in the hot tub time machine and go back a few years. And when the Cubs won that World Series, you know, the kind of story that was in, in 2016, their first World Series since what? I, I forget all the references now because it um, – it's been a while. 1908, I think it was. The first World Series since 1908 that they won in 2016 and all the stories that were around that and, and what those players must mean to that you know franchise and to that area and to that fan base and to, to Wrigley Field and all that. And then they're just like gone. Now, we get it. It's not the you know same team. And they were what you know middling this season it's not like they were gonna compete so you understand why the the Cubs would make those moves what are they in fourth place in the central five games under 500 um and and they want to get something back for those players who were all up for for free agency but there is still something if you're you know a Cubs fan it's got to be it's got to be an emotional experience Right. To see that happen, to see that go down and to see like Anthony Rizzo hit a home run for the Yankees. Who, by the way, maybe Brian Cashman doesn't need to be fired. Who knew? People in their baseball takes the reactionary takes are always funny to me. Like, I mean, the typical, you know, sports talk radio caller, people who would want to fire somebody after one game in a baseball season. There's 162 of them. <laughs> that that was the case on Sunday, right? Was it Sunday? When, when did the, the Yankees lose to the Red Sox when they had the you know they had the no hitter going for a while and then they wound up losing the game and everybody needed to go at that moment. Now it's fine. <laughs> now now you know oh a couple of moves later and it's all good. And the Yankees, uh, it'd be tough for them to win the division regardless of of the Gallo addition or the the Rizzo addition, but they're only a few back in the, the wild card with still plenty of games to play. I and mean, we just over a hundred games have been played. Meaning, you know, there's almost, there's about 60 games left to play. The baseball season goes on for a long time. The Yankees make that move. But if you're a Cubs fan, you know, one of your guys is hitting home runs for the Yankees now, you know, and, and some of the others are, are moving to other teams. And you, the Mets, <laughs> included in that you know regard and then the the Giants with with Bryant and that was you know probably the I don't know if everybody's seen that but if you haven't the, the video is pretty compelling it's um indicative I would say of the emotions that a fan base might feel about that because you, you have Anthony Rizzo first baseman going to the Yankees shortstop uh, from that team Javi Baez to the Mets and then um third baseman outfielder you know Chris Bryant to the the Giants and Bryant found out it appeared in in a, a phone call in the the dugout and you could just see it like he, he's he's on the phone he embraces someone who's right next to him and then he, he breaks down into tears and and I, I I would imagine that's the kind of thing if you're a Cubs fan that even reinforces what you were feeling because these guys mattered to you 
They mattered to the, the fan base, and it mattered to them. And And that's probably the most wholesome player-fan relationship that can exist, right? Like, this this team did something for me. You know, they meant something to me because I've, I've heard about this curse and back to the future and all these other things forever, and they, they, they go on and, and win a World Series. And it wasn't just, you know, run-of-the-mill for them either. It represented something to them. You know, soaking in the final experience of Wrigley before they're all getting flipped so that the Cubs can try and get to their, their next chapter and, and can say stuff like, you know, the important things in baseball are financial uh, capital and prospect capital. <laughs> Talking like, you know, the way baseball's run, but in these front offices, it's so uh, so matter-of-fact, like line item, right? You know, the the statistical revolution in in major league baseball really does have you know you look at the numbers and it's cold and calculating and then there's the business aspect of it which is just cold and calculating which removes the the human element of it all which is part of what makes a a fan base fall in love with the team again i'm not criticizing the cubs i i, I logically which is how i tend to think um i don't think it you know it's a bad move again you know, they, they had to rebuild at some point, and instead of going to free agency and, and sitting there and, and getting nothing in return, they make these moves now where they can get something in return. But they're, you know, they're, it doesn't make it probably feel um, better, that much better at least, in the moment for the fan base when you see all these guys just like, gone, gone, gone. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. What did you make of all the trades? You know, Major League Baseball, was it one of the more exciting days in, in recent baseball history? And I got to say, baseball's uh, had a decent year, you know. Um, once it got past the sticky stuff situation, between the, the breakout of Shohei Hodani, who is... You know, right now, essentially Mickey Mantle and Pedro Martinez at the same time, <laughs> which is a pretty good combination. Uh, and all these trades and and the like, it's been a uh, uh, and the young players, you know, like Tatis, though he he I, I believe had had a shoulder injury yesterday. Um, it's been a pretty good season. For MLB overall, from a general interest standpoint, and you look at you know when I'm mentioning Tatis, you, you go out to the NL West. What a what a division that is right now with the the Dodgers getting stronger. I just mentioned Bryant to the Giants and the Padres right there as well. But you know what did you make of all the moves and how tough would it be you know if you were a fan of the Chicago Cubs to see all those guys leave? Eight five five two one two. 4227 at Robin Ludberg on Twitter. Dan Peterson tweets in Westbrook playing as a third option behind LBJ and AD is going to be epic. Hashtag Lake Show. Yeah, and if you want to weigh in on the big trade from the NBA, you can do that as well. What Russell Westbrook 
Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Like I said, it's trade season. And trades tend to get people more excited than almost anything else, right? Like, that's that's up there as far as the, the thing that, that gets the most reaction from people or causes the most like, whoa, oh my goodness, did you did you see that? Did you see this? There's also an update in the Simone Biles saga from this week. She has withdrawn from a few more events, the vault and the uneven bars. And I got to tell you, um, the reactions to Biles and her decision have been uneven. I'll tell you what I think the, the proper reaction is coming up as well. It's the Robert Lundberg Show, and it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Robin Lundberg Show. Hey, Rich in Chicago. You're on The Robin Lundberg Show. How are you feeling today, Rich? How are you doing, sir? Good morning. I'm doing well. Yeah, just, you know, you're talking about the Cubs and all that. It's it's an emotional roller coaster, and I feel so much respect for the players like Bryant. You know, the way he reacted, it shows that he really did care about the fans as much as the fans cared about him same thing with Rizzo and Baez and um, I just I I salute them and I'm glad they played for us yeah I mean like that's what I was saying before it probably like all reinforced even the feelings you were feeling when they were dealt right like which had to be bittersweet I mean I, I I guess as a fan you understand why the moves happen but that probably doesn't take away from the uh bit of a gut punch that it is given that has to be the team that's meant more to you than what you know every other iteration of the the Cubs in in your lifetime essentially right right I'm 50 years old so um the 1984 Cubs broke my heart you know I mean I was just 16 or 15 then or whatever but and then the 89 Cubs but then when 16 came about it was you know they weren't even supposed to win it really that year it was supposed to be the following year and, I mean, it was such an awesome feeling when they finally won. But it was frustrating that they couldn't win again. And uh, that that's the only thing that was frustrating to me, that I think they should have won a couple of them. Well, look, I mean, none of that's promised, and, and I appreciate the call. I always say, whenever people, like, want to guarantee a championship or say a championship or bust, all a franchise can do is is try to put itself in the best position to win a championship. Right, like, uh, you, you, breaks happen, you know, sign stealing scandals happen, <laughs> whatever might happen that that can cost the team. You got to put yourself in a position to compete on a year in and year out basis. And, and in baseball, you see some of the franchises that do that. I mean, there's a reason there was talk about people getting fired with the Yankees because it felt like it might be the first time in a long time they're not really in that sort of position. Obviously, the Dodgers are back in that position. Anthony, you know, you're a Mets fan. Uh, Javi Baez heads there. That that must be something that excites you a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There was, he- uh, there was a little bit, a little excitement about Javi Baez uh, coming to the Mets. It would have been uh, nice to have added a starting pitcher, especially after the news that uh, we got yesterday about uh, Jacob deGrom being shut down and uh, we won't be seeing him to at least September. So... 
that was a little disappointing. So it would have been nice to have added a starting pitcher in there. But no, but to get Baez, obviously, you know, he's a streaky hitter. But, you know, he's a guy that when he gets hot, he can carry a team on his back for a while. And, of course, uh, he's great with the glove. So he's going to fit in perfectly at shortstop while Lindor recovers because Lindor is going to be out still for probably like another month uh, with his oblique. Uh, but then when Lindor comes back healthy, we'll just be able to move Baez over to second base, and then you have a nice tandem there up the middle with uh, Lindor and Baez, and I also like it because Lindor and Baez are good buddies, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, not that uh, Lindor has been in a bad mood or anything, but maybe, you know, having his buddy next to him might uh, energize him a little bit, help him out, so uh, yeah, obviously excited about Baez, but... um, just yeah, it was just it was a lot of fun these uh, this past week with uh, these past uh, couple days with all the moves. Uh, Anthony DeComo, who uh, he's uh, uh, he covers the Mets, uh, he put out a tweet um, yesterday and uh, he said all told there were 32 trades across baseball in the last two days alone, with more than 80 players changing hands. And then he goes on to say more than 100 players switched teams if you count all 40-plus deals over the last week. So uh, it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. Well, like when it comes to um, the the DeGrom situation, starting pitching is fickle. Uh, you know, you see that through throughout history. It's hard to ever be confident one of those guys is going to remain healthy. It's just not a natural thing for the human body to do for the, the arms, the elbows, and, and those joints. But the, the the trades, for all those moves, all that, you know, the, the moving and shaking, what team do you think actually improved the most? Well, uh, listen, you have to say the Dodgers. I mean, they get Max Scherzer, who could still pitch, and then they get Trey Turner, which I was really surprised that the Nationals were willing to give away Trey Turner. I mean, he is such an impact player. He's one of the best players in baseball. Uh, he's 28 years old. I mean, they just won the World Series a couple of years ago. You would think like a guy like with Turner and you could build around your team moving forward with a guy like Turner and, and they have Juan Soto, of course. I, I understand Scherzer, he's 37, but Turner's 28 years old. I, I could not believe that the Nationals were willing to part ways with Trey Turner. So the Dodgers, they get uh, the best pitcher that was available out there in Scherzer. And uh, now they add Trey Turner as well into that mix. So, I mean, I feel like you have to say the Dodgers, uh, the Giants, uh, you know, they, they did themselves uh, a big favor getting Chris Bryant. Uh, and it sounds like they didn't give up much uh, in order to get Chris Bryant as well. Uh, I mean, and then, you know, you have to say the Yankees. I mean, look at that Yankees lineup before these uh, these past couple moves. I mean, it was yeah. so so heavy right-handed. And, you know, you have that short porch out and right at Yankee Stadium. And uh, now you add a couple big left-handed uh, bats into that lineup. Definitely more balanced than it was. So, I mean, the Yankees came away uh, with a great. And Rizzo, of course, homered last night as the Yankees won. So, I mean, that was great for the Yankees. Yeah, the early return, say the Yankees, right? Because you get that one home run, and it's like all of a sudden, everything is fixed and the world is better. Uh, <laughs> you know, but Rizzo took that one out of there for sure. And, and you know, the, the Yankees did add what they were lacking, which is, 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 you know, hitting from that side of the plate. And, you know, baseball, like I said, it, it is very fickle in general, not just starting pitching. I think the Yankees – I saw a stat this week. The Yankees have lost something like 14, 15 games 
where they they were either tied or or had the lead, you know, after the eighth inning. I forget the exact parameters of the stat, but basically a lot of games that could have gone either way or that they were in control of, they lost, which says either bad bullpen management or bad luck, generally to me, right? Like, it's it's one of those two things. Um, And the the track record of the the people running that franchise, I know Brian Cashman might might not be everybody's favorite, or they might go, oh, you're too analytics or whatever, and and I know that Aaron Boone doesn't have much of a track record, but I, I think of him more as, um, an extension of Brian Cashman. It's not like the guy's ever had a losing season. <laughs> you know, it's been a lot of World Series. You could say, oh, you know, the those the the big run wasn't actually his doing, but they they did win the World Series in 2009. They have been positioned, you know, to get close to the World Series or you know be in the mix for the World Series the however many years. And it, it is always funny to me whenever the people go to the like well if Steinbrenner was around thing like it's just such a tired trope to me I, I is that really your point every time something bad what if Steinbrenner was around all right we, we understand you know we get it I get the the typical George Steinbrenner you know reaction or the, the way he's been portrayed and it just seems like lazy to me that that's what people always say about anything. Anytime anything bad happens. Yeah, you you should fire everyone because that's what George Steinbrenner would have done. Because if you had fired everybody last week, what sense would that have made? Like, you can at least make the argument to me in the offseason. The guy's been there forever. It's just time for a change or whatever. All right, I'll hear that argument. But, like, in the midst of this, right before the trade deadline when you're a couple games out of the wild card, oh, uh, yeah, that's that's the time you fire everybody for sure just because you lost to a team that's your rival. <laughs> you know, Red Sox, uh, Yankees, the, it's good to see that, that people still care about that to a degree because it was right after the, the Yankees lost to the Red Sox that you saw a lot of that reaction. You're listening to the Robin Lundberg show. It is the Robin Lundberg show here on CBS sports radio. And if you're a Cubs fan who needs some consoling, I'm here for you. You know, I know prospects and whatever they get back for (laughs) these players who were part of a world series team, uh, might not feel as good in the moment. I understand why they did what they did it was quote-unquote right for the organization but if you're a fan you know it's got to be like oh come on these were our guys <laughs> you saw the emotion on chris bryant 855-212-4227 when he found out he was dealt let's go to dave in chicago dave you're on the robin Lundberg show here on cbs sports radio hey robin thanks for taking my call on um, this little out-of-town perspective you know the OS team came to this team back, I don't know, 2012 maybe, and mm-hmm. he brought along Jed Hoyer along on the ride. He, you know, he, he was the architect of this team. He built it. They won. And then all of a sudden at the end of last year, he steps away. He just resigned, forgave his salary that the Cubs were going to pay him and just walked away. He knew this day was coming. He didn't want to be around when it happened. You know, that's all. that's what it feels like to the – to the fans here. I mean, we love this team. You know, when Cubs teams, we were always known as just a losers, man. We're, we're in for the fight, but we never could get over the top. And the U.S. team, like he did for the Red Sox, got us over the top. But like I said, he saw this day coming, and uh, he, he, got the, he took the great routine and got out of town before all this. There's a lot of people upset around town. I mean, yeah, it's the right thing for the organization. I mean, it's a part of business, but, you know, 
you know, as a fan, it's tough to see. It was it's a tough day. It was like a funeral almost yesterday, man. It was with the with the garage sale selling off our Cubs, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I feel you, and, and thanks for the call. I mean, it doesn't. It, it might be the right thing for them to do, but it doesn't feel right, right? Like there's there's like the analytical, uh, logical, very pragmatic right thing to do, and then there's what feels right, and it just doesn't feel right. I would imagine when you're a Cubs fan, given what these guys meant to you, right? And and flip it the other way, like when when a player, anytime a player is saying they're they're done or or you know that they, they they've done everything they can or they, they want to be on to the the next thing or whatever it may be um they tend to get criticized the organizations usually will skate they usually skate cuz you know it's okay for them to do it um in this case i think you know cubs fans in general have worn their heart on their sleeve and and it's it's tough it's got to be tough because that's a that's a you know a part of your fandom gone. Yeah, you're you root for the 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 team for sure, and and whoever is going to wear the uniform, I'm sure people will root for and all that. But that particular team and those particular players had to have had a special place in, in the, the hearts of Cubs fans, and uh, so a little broken hearted, a little bittersweet, I would imagine yesterday must have been. 855-212-4227 at Robin Lundberg. Now, before uh, the last break, I, I told you there's a lot of room between hero and, and quitter. And one thing that's interesting about the Olympics is they don't generally get talked about in sports talk as much unless, you know, there's an issue. You know, I talked about, obviously, Shakari Richardson a few weeks back, an issue. Um, and, and this week it's Simone Biles and, but when the Olympics have an issue, it's like the biggest talking point across the board, not just in sports, but in, in, you know, CNN, Fox news, whatever it's everywhere. And those are the, the topics that, that generate a lot of conversation. I would, I would say you know, other than obviously like Delta variant and COVID, which uh, I don't even know what to say anymore about that. Uh, other than that, like Simone Biles was the biggest story of the week, period. And the Olympics are very interesting because they are sports, right? Like, I mean, for the most part, some of these things that are, are happening, I, I don't know if I technically refer to a sp- to as a sport, but you could say the same thing about golf or, <laughs> or something, right? Uh but they they're they're not like um, the the needle mover for sports fans all the time. That they they reach such a general and casual audience. Maybe like you know sports fans will complain about the coverage and how you're you're not seeing it televised live or it's hard to follow. I don't know if those complaints are the same for you know whoever it is, Linda, who, who's watching it at home at eight p.m. and and likes watching the swimming, and sees Dressel set the the world record in what was it the butterfly it's always funny that they have all these different swimming strokes right because uh the you know in racing they don't have they don't have like run backwards and and shuffle as part of <laughs> as part of like track and field I don't know, why are there all these different swimming strokes that's another topic for another day but you know that that's what i'm saying is like there's a 
casual fan who is is really into the Olympics, which is maybe why any Olympic issue topic resonates across the board because it, it gives more of the a sports fan something to have an opinion about. Casual fans are having an opinion about it, and it just blows up. And I, I knew that was the case as soon as I saw – what was it? I think it was Tuesday morning uh, when Simone Biles pulled out of that team event. It was Tuesday morning, and I said immediately to some of my coworkers, I, was, I said, this is going to be massive, uh, especially once I knew it wasn't an, an injury. You know, obviously, if it was an injury, it would have sucked, but, it, it, you know, there's not much to say about injuries. They, they happen, and it is what it is. With, with Simone Biles, because of the circumstances of it, I knew it was going to be a massive story, and indeed it was. Everybody had a take. Everybody had a take, and now that there's been some time to digest all that and and think about it, I'll, I'll give you mine overall. Um, and this is on the heels of her. She withdrew from the uh, vault in the uneven bars. Her status for the last two individual events are to be determined. But can I say, there is uh, a lot of room between hero and quitter. Two things I've seen her labeled. In the midst of all this, um, do I believe that Simone Biles is a hero? I don't think I, you know, for this specific thing, I don't think I go that far. I understand that sentiment. I understand, you know, why people are saying that because, you know, mental health is real, right? Like mental health is your health. And and trust me, I'm not somebody who doesn't understand that, you know, family history of of mental health issues i've talked to a therapist uh, plenty of times over the years hell before this show you know every day i wake up and do a little yoga and a meditation to 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 try and keep my mental right and i know that in the midst of of especially like current times anxiety is probably at an all-time high um you know the the pandemic and and being inside all the time and and social media um and i want to get to the the social media aspect of this in a second all that stuff like just really contributes to to it being tough so if you are out there right now and you're struggling um keep your head up i would say you know keep your head up and, and you're not alone and there's a lot of people out there in various walks of life, in various occupations, various backgrounds. You never know. You never know what somebody's going through. So I understand where the hero sentiment comes in in the sense of, you know, it it puts that awareness out there on the biggest platform and and gets that conversation going. And and I I do think it's important for people to recognize that. Um, But in... That specific, you know, instance, it's not the label I would use, is hero. Uh, the label I also wouldn't use is quitter. I mean, I, I again, I understand the sentiment. I understand the sentiment behind the quitter thing for people who see it, you know, for sports fans who see that and go, well, you know, what would we say about Tom Brady if he left in the – you know, middle of the third quarter of the Super Bowl. Or LeBron James. You know, and the other goats. It's not the 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 typical 
trait or or reaction that we expect from an all-time great. Like that's not how we cast it in sports. It's not what we lionize. What has been lionized is somebody pushing through adversity or somebody, you know, conquering all that despite not being at their best or, or, or even trying and failing. But, you know, when people try and fail, they get criticized all the time too. And, and those guys I just mentioned, not so much with Brady, I think specifically with LeBron, if you think about the way he's been criticized over the years, it's actually insane. And I'm sure people have said plenty of the same about Brady. Anybody who's talked about that often, like, it's insane. The, the, the kind of coverage that goes around them and what is said about them. So, I, you know, I understand that sentiment as well to say in the middle of it, you're, you're just stopping and you're the GOAT? Word? But <laughs> the thing about all of it is, first of all, Simone Biles doesn't owe anybody anything. She's got to take care of herself. She doesn't owe you a damn thing. And <laughs> another thing I think about it is all of a sudden, there are are people who care about gymnastics or are apparently gymnastics experts that didn't give a damn about it before. Never would have said a word about it if this didn't happen. And, you know, I tried to actually understand exactly what took place when this story went down. And, you know, a lot of what she said and what has come out afterwards makes, makes sense, right? I mean, first of all, she said she didn't want to cost the team the medal because her last score apparently was very low and brought down their overall score. And if she thought where she was at in that headspace, she wasn't going to be able to perform to her standards, it may have cost them the medal that they wound up winning, the silver medal. So from the her, she let her teammates down perspective, maybe it's actually the opposite of that. And from the, the individual standpoint of, you know, you committed to something, you got to see it through and, and all that stuff, you know, the pull yourself up by your bootstraps. None of y'all have been flipping around in the air all over the place. I, I think she referred to it as the twisties. I mean, you're in danger in that sport or what she's doing if your head's not right and you can't execute it properly. And we have no idea... What's going on in her head, right? Like, you have no idea. I mean, I know the whole weight of the world and all that stuff in the Olympics, but you have no idea, you know, how far she actually pushed herself before this happened, before she reached that breaking point. And I would say her track record, 19 world championships, four gold medals, says a lot more than anybody who's saying she quit. She hadn't lost, I don't believe, since her debut in 2013. She still, I guess, technically hasn't, right? So it's just one of these things that, to me, requires a real fleshed-out conversation and actual nuance rather than just, like, screaming she's a hero, anybody who's criticizing her should shut up and, and, and be blasted into the sun, or screaming she's a quitter, and pretending that these dudes who have never cared about gymnastics before and can't do 
you know, who, who you know, are, are, are complaining about trivial things in their day-to-day life that are bothering them are, are the experts on that. There's room between hero and quitter. And what is going on in your mind is certainly related to your body and your performance. And she didn't owe anybody anything. I mean, she only owes herself in this regard. Will she regret the decision? I don't know. Will she come back and compete again? I don't know. Will she take away from this that, you know, she's a human being and people have received her as a human being? I don't know. But the topic itself has certainly been discussed a lot and including on social media. And I want to get into that aspect of it for a second coming up. But what do you think? What did you make of the Simone Biles saga this week? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. At Robin Lundberg on Twitter. That's R-O-B-I-N-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G. It is the Robin Lundberg Show. And it's here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.